Let's pray. Father, we praise you for your love for us. These songs sum it up so beautifully. It would be amazing to interrupt all the chattering voices on all the news networks that go constantly day in, day out, spouting this, spouting that. Occasionally, some truth is even shared. But if we could interrupt those and have someone sing these songs, more truth would get out in those few moments than in forever. It's amazing. We praise you for giving us your word, providing your son for us, as as Justin so clearly stated in the, the Heidelberg Catechism, the question number 16. Thank you so much. Bless this time. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to thank Jay for reading for me this morning. Uh, Verse 20, where he started there in Revelation 3, was basically the gospel. Christ said, I stand at the door knock. And I will, if you come to me, if I draw you to myself, I will come in. We will share. You will be changed forever. And then verse 2 of chapter 4 goes all the way to there is a throne and one seated on that throne. So today we're going to make a huge jump. Carl's been dealing with creation in a very intricate, decisive way. And we're going to jump over top of us in time. Talk about time machine. The only time machine we have, we'll ever see in this world, is the scriptures. You can jump from beginning to end and anywhere in between. So we're going to jump to the end and see a few things here. Uh, Carl's been talking about creation. What do they talk about here? What I'm going to share about creation. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I've, I've said this before. Uh, there's basically two camps in this world. And it's not believers and unbelievers. It is in a sense, but I like to look at it as uh, the way uh, Mr. Ham does. Uh, we view this world from what we believe about our origins. There are the macroevolutions, of course. We talked about that some this morning, too. Each person, animal, maple tree, it's a law, they're a law unto themselves. As a person, if we are in this realm, we are our own gods. We do as we please. The only thing that will stop us is if someone with a weapon or someone bigger than we are, uh, or a greater force, or the law that people put together out there to, to guide us. That's the way most people live. But we're biblical creationists. We're separated in a very unique way. Each person is wholly dependent upon the God who is there. Francis Schaeffer wrote a book, The God Who Is There. That's a perfect way to put it. Our God is there. We're dependent upon him. So many people might think we're, we're pretty weak. We're, we're insufficient. We can't do anything on our own without seeking him first. I find that is a great strength, and it's a wonder, and it's great. The last two years have shown us this great divide. Do you get surprised sometimes with what you hear people say, 
I don't know if they really believe it or not, but they say it as if they believe it. Whereas 10 years ago, if someone were to say that same, make that same statement, most of the people would have laughed, would have said, you've got to be kidding me. You don't really believe that. But there is, there is comfort in numbers. And if enough lies get the numbers, it can be believed. So you're, you're probably like me, shocked pretty much of the time as what is, what is shared. And here's some scripture references that go with that real well. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Now God was sending this to the Jews at that time, but it was not just for them. It's as prevalent as today. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And put, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Do we see that today? Yes, we do. We even have to be so guarded because we easily fall right in to those categories too. Go to Amos chapter 5 verse 7. Um, sorry, we don't, could, I, didn't, I didn't get all these on there. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't want to ask someone else to do it, so you just have to bear with me. But Amos 5 7 says, O oh, you who turn justice to wormwood, and that wormwood means uh, bitter, um, and cast down righteousness to the earth. Contrast God's instructions later in Amos, just a few verses later, verse 24. He says, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Both of those we've been studying in that adult education class. Justice, God is a just God and he's a righteous God. His attributes are talked about here. He wants his justice to roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Uh, I want to read some more into Revelation now. Uh, Jay, it was a tough, it's a tough section. Uh, some of the descriptions of those stones, carnelian and jasper, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll know what that really looks like when we see it. But I, I want to read to you uh, where he left off through 5.5, 5, if, if you want to follow along, Revelation 4. 10, I'm going to start with uh, the, the verse, he, he had 10a. The 24 elders fell, fell down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will. They existed and were created. Chapter 5, And then I saw at the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he 
can open the scroll and the seven seals. And that's such an encouragement for us. Christ has conquered. The reason I wanted to share this with you is uh, I became a believer in June of 74, right after graduating from WVU. And uh, uh, well, I learned a lot there, I'm telling you. But I came to Christ, and within three months, I was teaching at a Christian school in Tallahassee, Florida, where I met my beloved over there. And, and, uh, but I didn't, didn't date her that first year. I was learning so much and growing so quickly and really being overwhelmed. It was interesting. I moved into a missionary's home with three other single men, two of whom taught at the school, both of whom had been in the military, had been in the Army, one in Germany, one in Korea, came to know Christ in the Army as navigators, memorized Scripture like crazy in their early years. So it was a learning time for me and being at a Christian school and just growing. But there were some, there still were some major gaps, some things that didn't jive with me intellectually, emotionally, in any way. I had still some questions. At the end of that school year, they said, before you go home to West Virginia uh, for the summer, because uh, I'd already said I'd come back to teach the next year, you want to go to a conference with us in Atlanta. Uh, it's on basic youth conflicts by Bill Gothard. Well, I didn't know of Bill Gothard. Some of you may have heard of him. But I said, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So we went, and the Omni was almost full of people. Thousands of people. I'd never been anything like that in my life. And he shared this verse, but he shared it in the King James Version. Revelation 4.11. It answered so many questions for me. He said, "Thou." it sounds to me better in the King James. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure... They are and were created. Boy, the light bulb went on in my mind. So that's it. That's the reason for all the things that I see, all the things that are conflicts in my heart and mind between the scriptures and my natural man, all the things out there, everything I hear, all of it. God created all things, not for us, but for his pleasure. That is so amazing. And so I did look at the word in the... uh, the original in the Greek does have determined, um, willed, but also pleased to do. So that pleasure, I like that, that pleasure. So it meant so much to me. I want to share that with you uh, this morning. Uh, so that simplifies a lot of life. The hardships we have are for his pleasure. The victories we enjoy are for his pleasure. The sudden disasters, accidents, sickness, heartbreaks are for his pleasure. The joy, contentment, peace we enjoy as believers are for his pleasure. Now, he doesn't take joy. He doesn't, he's not happy about it. He doesn't enjoy seeing us go through difficult times. He doesn't enjoy that as we think of someone enjoying something difficult in someone's life. But he knows every one of those steps are making us who we are, preparing us for who he wants us to be. 
I struggled with this verse tremendously, Romans 8, 28, for a long time until I came to that grip of, un- of understanding. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. I used to struggle with that. All things don't work together for good. If I'm building something, I smash my thumb with a hammer. How does that bring pleasure to him? It didn't bring any pleasure to me, but you see it differently when you look at it through spiritual eyes. You know, as I was going back over this yesterday, Joanna, we talked to Joanna, and she said, guess what? Clifton's mom, she's visiting her daughter Crystal, Clifton's sister, and her husband as they minister to the Lord in Costa Rica. She's visiting them. She walked out a little bit of a steep driveway, had new gravel on it. She, she slipped, fell, broke her leg. So she, they called the ambulance. It was hours getting there, a long time getting there. But So she sat there in the driveway. If you knew Leslie, you, would, you can imagine this. But an old Costa Rican gentleman who she couldn't talk to, she doesn't know the language well enough, and he doesn't know English, he sauntered over with an umbrella, opened it up, and stood over her for about an hour in the sun, and then later it rained even. And she was trying to converse a little bit, but knew it wasn't working. But there were some vultures kind of flying in the air there, and she pointed at those like, uh, they're waiting for me to die here so they can have me. And they did both laugh at that. But I, I thought of that. What is Leslie thinking sitting there? Lord, I come down to help. Now I can't help. I have to be helped. This isn't right. It's not fair. It's not just. It's not anything correct here in my mind. But I can't see Leslie uh, thinking along those lines for very long. Uh, I might have much longer than she would have. It is interesting, the things that occur in our lives, many of you, if not all of you, are dealing with with family issues, with physical issues, uh, all kinds of issues. This world that is changing too rapidly for us to even keep up. But we need to always remember God has made all this for his pleasure because he can and he did. Here's a few quotes I want just to leave with you. Um, These are things that, and I'm sorry I didn't write down who they were from, but Nate brought them out through all the people sharing this morning in our class. We will only worship God fully when we fully recognize his worth, his real true value. That's come for me over the years, over a span of time, and it should. We should grow. This book is the most complicated book I've ever read. You read a novel... You, you almost can tell the story if it's a good one and it held your attention. Man, this is a great novel. This, this is what happened. And you can share basically the whole thing. Uh, I've read through it two or three different times in that read through the Bible in a year thing. Uh, read parts of it many times. But there's so much of it that the detail you just don't, you just don't get. Uh, Think of all the names of the people that were David's mighty men. Can you name them? There's so much in the scriptures. But this book was given to us to reveal the worth of God. 
the value of God, the real value of who he is. So I love that one. We will only worship God fully when we fully recognize his worth. And this one, I think, is maybe a little, more, a little better known. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Uh, do you sometimes struggle with your satisfaction and who you are uh, in the Lord? Or is it more often the, set, the lack of satisfaction comes from your circumstances, the things we're going through, uh, the things that are the difficult to take? The, um, there's, and there's so many of those. Um, as we stand before him this day, unperfected, we are not, we will be, perfect. as believers, we will be perfected someday. Let's, let's give him his due. Let's give God what God should get. Let's understand him for his worth and his value. And that can be taken from, from the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is a very common uh, section of scripture in Deuteronomy. As the Jews were getting their marching orders through Moses, uh, this is instructions for all of us, but especially for parents too. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And in the New Testament, this is one of the sweetest places I know of, Christ shared himself. When the Pharisees were constantly trying to trick him, trying to, to catch him in an answer, they didn't realize they were dealing with the God of creation, the God of wonder. Or they'd have been embarrassed to even attempt these things. But one Pharisee said, well, what's the greatest commandment? And Christ said to him, quote, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's instructions for us. It's instructions for the world. But if you're not a believer, there are... Foolishness, as, as Nate shared this morning from, from Romans uh, and Corinthians, where uh, the, the Jews found it a huge stumbling block. Christ was not the Christ they were expecting. He wasn't the mighty king to lead them out of Roman rule. He just wasn't. He didn't fit the bill under any circumstances. But he did for some. Why the difference? God called them to himself, and they came. Now, some were more stubborn, like Paul, Paul had to be flattened on his road to Damascus. Have you ever imagined what that looked like? He's either walking along in a quick pace or maybe even trotting. He's wanted to so badly get to Damascus. Let's get these Christians arrested. Let's get them rounded up in a corral somewhere so we can haul them back, put them in prison. He said he fell to the ground. I can see just going along and suddenly his, his legs just totally had no power whatsoever he just felt if any of you is i've used this example before but it's so prevalent if you've lived on a farm and you've ever killed an animal to butcher it i remember my uncle taking a a, a two-pound sledgehammer and hitting a 
big steer right between the eyes and hard as he could. And he was a big man. He was a Marine, ex-Marine. And that steer, big, heavy thing, just boom. I mean, I, it, was, it happened so fast, I almost couldn't see it. All life was gone. He was down. I can see Paul doing that. And, and said, wait, one second, I'm walking. Now I'm on the ground. God gets our attention that way. Uh, but as believers, we know what this means. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. But I'm, if you're an unbeliever here this morning, all basically all the things I've said are gobbledygook unless the Spirit of God is working in your life. Till I was 22, I'd been raised in church. We, we moved a lot. And I always found my family. Every time we moved, I, I located them. But I went to church all my life and heard the verses. But it didn't make any difference. So why? I went back to Florida after graduating. I had a friend down there. I said, I'm just going to go down and find a job. I majored in something there's no future in. Please don't ask me why. I have no answer for that. But down there we went to a revival, what the old Baptist church revival thing. God was doing that because neither, neither of us would have ever done that before. And the things that gentleman shared that week suddenly came alive in my heart and mind. That's the Spirit of God that has to work in the lives of people. But if it's working in your life today, if you're an unbeliever and you have sensed a call, you will, you will answer that call. He'll grant you the faith to come to know Him. This would be a wonderful day, 31st of October, to say, that's the day I came to know Christ. As we share in this, this, the Lord's Supper that Richard's going to come and take over here in just a moment, uh, this is a sweet day. Uh, like he said, this is a, an anniversary of sort uh, back in the early 1500s. Praise the Lord for, for men and women like Martin Luther said, enough is enough. We're going to go with the scriptures. We're going to see God as who he is. This is a wonderful day, so let's pray. Father, I do pray that uh, everyone in here is a growing believer. That's always quite a bit to ask, much too much to assume. So I pray so much that if someone needs you this day and you are calling them this day, that they will come to someone and share that and say, Today, I've come to faith in Jesus Christ. And as Richard comes to oversee the, the Lord's Supper, we get the chance to do something as a symbol that you did actively with 12 men one night just shortly before you gave your life for us. It was such a teaching experience for them, but they just didn't fully get it until later. But they, they did then. Thank you that we can take part in this, that we can love you and serve you. Pray for everyone here. Help them, Lord, in their, their difficulties, whether they're family, extended family, neighbors, physical problems, whatever we may have, Lord. Everything's for your honor and glory. Help us to see that and live as though that were true. 
We pray your blessings on this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.